and it's Tuesday Kislev. Tuesday Kislev. Tonight is our wedding anniversary, and my wife's birthday. So it should be for us and for everybody. Amen, amen. Simchas, God, God, and Now we're learning my modem. This week has become invaded and now completely taken over by my modem, as it turns out. I had this idea. I wanted to learn this maimir because I had a free Friday, and I, I wanted to learn this maimir. I know about this maimir. Mashiach also la sovet to yufto is a topic in Hasidus. You have a maimir from the Mitla Rebbe in the Kudresim, which is called Lohoven Inyan Mashakosim. Mashiach also la sovet to yufto, which means that the Zayar says that Mashiach comes to make tzaddikim do tshuva, but it's not one maimir; it's two. And they're not easy, my mother, and they're hard. So this is our fourth class on this Maimon. We started it Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday we're going to finish. Because there's no way we're finishing it today. Now, for purposes of clarity, I'm not giving you an introduction. In other words, I'm not telling you what we were learning about. I'm going to start um, with a new framework, with a new context. In other words, without giving you any connection to the past. And what we're about to learn is very, very, very... I don't know what the right word is. It's, it's a nice. It's a very, very big chiddush. It's not something you read about and hear about in Hasidus every day. You may have never heard this concept in your life before. I obviously heard the concept before because I learned the Maimah before, but guess what? I forgot it. When I was preparing it, it came back to me. And if you look on the top of page I and I and Aleph, I wrote on the top of your page, I wrote... My wonderful handwriting, two levels, Aleph and Bays. So I want to tell you what these two levels are about. I want to talk to you about the difference between these two levels, which is the most constructive way to enter into the Chiddush of this Maimon. And the Chiddush of this Maimon is really mind-blowing. Okay? So let's start in the following way. Everybody knows about the Pintaliyid. Everybody knows about the Pintaliyid. To be sure, the Pintaliyid, you don't have to read about it in books. You see it on Mishtsoyim. You see it in moments of Mercedes Nefesh. And you even see it in yourself. The Pintaliyid is Emes. The Pintaliyid knows the Ebishter in a way that's undeniable. The Pintaliyid knows Tehidah Mitzvah. Knows the Jewish people's uniqueness in an undeniable way. And the Pintaliyid plays a game of cat and mouse with us. That means to say, one day you're so inspired. Your pintaliyid is so clear and so obvious and so revealed, and the next day you're struggling with the Yitzhahara, with Allah, is vestative, and you start to doubt it, and it's means such game. But the pintaliyid is real. How do we understand the pintaliyid? We understand the pintaliyid to be a piece of Hashem, right? Etzam ha-neshama, shemukusheres baha-atmos, it says in Va'atatetal. The neshama's essence is one with Hashem. So if I have a part of me which is one with Hashem, my relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not a relationship between two people or two beings as it were. It's a relationship between me and myself. What is the difference between the relationship between two beings and the relationship between a being and himself? And the answer is obvious. When you have a relationship with somebody else, you can end it. You can change it. You can strengthen it. You can weaken it. You can dissolve it. A relationship with yourself, you cannot change because you can't get away from yourself. I, I always say sarcastically that in tradition there's such a thing called divorce. You can divorce a wife, a husband. 
Hillary Clinton introduced divorcing parents. I don't know if you remember the story. It was a famous story. It, <laughs> I'm not going to let her forget it because it's so sick, it's profound. But she had her whole thing. She took up a case of a young kid who wanted to divorce his parents. The whole thing blew up in her face anyway. Um, but a child to divorce parents, a mice. But even Hillary Clinton cannot imagine a person divorcing themselves. Maybe she'll come up with a chokhmah. Maybe that takes Obama's condition. But divorce yourself is not possible. You can divorce a spouse. You can <laughs> divorcing parents, divorcing children really is not, has no place in Tatum. But in America, it has a place. But divorcing yourself, even in America, so if Yechidah Nefesh means a connection with the Yid and Hashem that's not based on some kind of a glue, a bond. I understand, I feel, or as the Maimon says, I see. But I am one with that kind of a bond is unbreakable, cannot be changed. So there are innumerable expressions that speak to this. When you learn Hasidus, there are different ways this idea is articulated. For example, number Aleph on your sheet reads, Ayid, Nishtervil, Nishterken, Zainifred Melakos. This is a quote from the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe has in his Maimarim. The Rebbe brings it in Hayyem Yem. This is a classic quote. And in this case, the word classic is not overstated. It's literally and truly a classic idea. A Jew neither wishes to nor is capable of becoming accepted from a Kaddish why? Because even according to Hillary Clinton, you cannot divorce yourself. A Jew neither wishes to nor is capable of becoming accepted from a Kaddish Baruch. So how does life work? Life works, this says in Tanya, that this Yechida, this Pintelayid, which does not allow a Jew to become caught up from the Yemishter, is in a state of Shina. It's in a state of sleep. As opposed to a state of Golos, a state of exile. What's the difference between a state of exile and a state of sleep? The difference between a state of Golos and the state of Shinov, exile and sleep, is that when you're in exile, somebody else holds the keys to yourself. You're a prisoner and you cannot release yourself. You cannot take yourself out of your own incarceration. Only somebody else can. But when a person's asleep, all the guys just wake up. The dream has to get so bad that it sobers you when you wake up. When do you wake up when you have a bad dream, huh? When you can't take it anymore. You wake up to get away from the bad guys chasing you and then you want to go back into the dream to see the end of the story, but you can't, it's too late. It's finished. You woke up. <laughs> Dream's over, yeah? Yeah. So, Yechida Shabbat can be asleep. And because Yechida Shabbat can be asleep, you have the phenomenon of Nefesh Yisachta Tvoho, that a Jew lives a life like anybody else and can make mistakes and can even get lost, and can even get assimilated. But the Yechidah Nefesh is never more deeply hidden than the state of sleep. It's never in Golos. And because it's never in Golos, a Yid can be aroused because he has a connection to Hashem where he and the Ebishter are one, which we call Yechidah, that a Jew cannot become caught up on the Ebishter. When a Jew is faced with a moment in his life where he says to himself consciously, if I cross this line, if I cross from this side of the street to the opposite side of the street, I'm no longer a Jew. He can't do it. He can't do it. He can tell himself, I'm still a good Jew. I'm a Jew at heart. I mean well. And all the other explanations and excuses and justifications. But a Yid cannot cross a line with the awareness, with the conscious awareness, that when I do this act, I'm not a Jew anymore. I'm cut off from my Kaddish That's the meaning of this phrase. 
A Jew neither wishes to, nor is capable of becoming Seth Malkus Baruch. I see so much separation, and the Tzedakah is asleep. When the Neshama wakes up and is aroused because he's faced with a situation where there's no more denying, you can no longer use what's called in the Tanya the Ruach Shtus to say, eh, I can do this and still be a Jew. Eh, I can do that and still be a Jew. When you reach that point where if I cross this line, I can't convince myself any longer that I'm still a good Jew, the Pinta Liyid wakes up and you see fire. You see Mesiris Nefesh. You see Nishama. You see something incredible. And I have seen it. And you have, anybody that's gone on Mephzayim has seen this. And it's a truly remarkable thing. You see normal, adult human beings acting in such an incredibly childish way, such a pure way, such a holy way, breaking down and crying. For what? They put the film on the first time in 40 or 50 years. So? Because it's a moment of emes. The neshama has woken up. And that's the Taich Yechidosh HaBenefesh. Comes again the Rebbe door. So here in our Maimesh, the Rebbe is not happy with us. And he splits the Yechida into two Madregas. He splits the Yechida into two levels. Okay? There's a lower level of the Pintaliyid and there's a higher level of the Pintaliyid. And I'll tell you the difference. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'll go straight to the point. The difference, I'm sorry. I'm on page Ayin and Ayin Aleph. It's written on top. In my handwriting. What's the difference between the lower level of Yechidosh HaBenefesh and the higher level? Just, just one page. The two sheets are over there. Mrs. Lipsker, on that table you have two sheets. You need one of each. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. What motivates a Jew to run to Hashem because of his Pintaliyid? What motivates a Jew to run to Hashem because of his Pintaliyid? And the answer is that the connection is revealed. I have a connection to Hashem. But I tell myself I can do this and still be connected. I can do that and still be connected. But when I know I cannot do this and still be connected, so I run to the Ebishter. That's the Yechidosh HaBenefesh. That's the lower level of the Pintaliyid. The low love of the Pintayid is motivated by a feeling of oneness. I'm one with HaKadosh Baruch. But I'm also in Golis. Because I'm also in Golis, my oneness with HaKadosh Baruch is complicated, it's convoluted, it's entangled, it's confused. But I'm one with HaKadosh Baruch. When that oneness becomes acute, I run to HaKadosh Baruch, even if I have to give away my life at Achman and Litzlan and even suffer torture. Like it says in Tanya Penikitkes. So this is the first level. A Jew has a place in his soul where he knows he's connected to the Ebishter. And when that connection emerges and he feels that that connection is being challenged, there's a fire, an unbelievably powerful fire. But there's a deeper level. There's a deeper level. And the deeper level of Yechidosh HaBenefesh is you don't have any idea that you're connected to HaKadosh Baruch. You just know that you're not connected. You're not even sure to what you're not connected. You just know, I have a connection to something. I don't know what that something is. And I'm no longer connected to it. Which is based on your sheet. Ra umar It is bad, evil, and bitter that I have forsaken God. Or in my perception, God has forsaken me. In the first level of Yechidosh HaBenefesh, you feel an atzmi is like a bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when there's a threat to that atzmi is like a bond, you run. 
The second level, you don't feel like you just feel disconnected. You don't even know from what. If you look near the bottom of page Ayin, near the bottom of page Ayin, uh, the line that begins with the word Pnimiyim, which I would guesstimate is 11 lines from the bottom of page Ayin. It says, This higher level of Yechidah, while they beat it has its expression behergish in a feeling of it is evil and bitter to be forsaken or to forsake Hakadosh Baruch And he explains, he knows nothing about Avayelakha. He knows nothing about holiness. All he knows that this is not good. He feels that it is evil and bitter to forsake or be forsaken by Akadish Baruch. And the Rebbe goes deeper. He doesn't even know why he's bitter. He doesn't even know why. He has no idea what's bothering he nevertheless knows she's Umar. It's evil and bitter. Umargish, moreover, he feels this touches the very essence of his neshama. now and later. The no longer go on. So the Rebbe takes and divides it into two. The lower level of Pintaliyid is the feeling of oneness with Hashem, and that when this feeling is challenged, a yid goes crazy. So long as a yid can say, I'm still a good Jew, I'm a good person anyway. So the neshama could sleep. Once that notion is reversed, and the Jew senses that this is touching, that connection is mesonef. But it's the connection that's the motivation. The higher level is he, he's, he doesn't know what he's connected to. He doesn't even know that he's connected. He just knows it's not good. So the Rebbe here in this Maimed proposes two Madreges in Yechidah The lower Madreg in Yechidah is the classic quote that we all know. Ayid nishtavil nishterkon that an obgeris and forget lechay that you neither wishes to nor is capable of becoming separate from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And the higher level is Raumar Ozvei Savaya. A Jew knows that where he is is wrong. He has no idea why. Just knows it's wrong. Now let me tell you what's going to be the big chiddush here. Let me tell you what's going to be the novelty here. I just presented to you two levels. The Rebbe is going to argue that the first level, the lower level, the idea. That Ayid Nishtavil Nishtakon Ven Obgris Nefanget Lechai is going to be connected to the Nishaman. The second concept that Ra'umar Ozvei that a Jew feels that it's wrong and he doesn't even know why it's wrong, he just feels abandoned, has to do with the goof. The goof of a Jew has a deeper shade than the Nishaman. Mitzad the Nishaman, you feel a connection. Mitzad the goof, you don't feel a connection, but you just feel that there's something wrong. And I want you to see these words inside so that you'll know that I'm not making them up. Okay? Look at the last four lines on the same page, Ayin. It says, When you reveal this level of Yechidah Shabbat which is not based on I don't want to become separated, but that I feel something is wrong because I'm separate. 
that reveals the Abish to himself. And look at the next words. Lihyeis because Shabavayda Zu, when a yid is that involved in this kind of relationship it's haguf the body itself is transformed the reason for the transformation is not because of light now in this case light means the body of the Jew cries out this is wrong not in the Shomer not even the Yechid. Now, I don't know when was the last time you came across this, but I, I don't remember. I think there is a simile, I think there's a parallel to this. In the Maimed that the Rebbe gave out Mugit Tafshin and Beit Rosh Hashanah, I don't have time to make the correlation, the comparison. But this is a whole new concept here. It's even different than Ba'at Tetzavah. Because what the Rebbe says is, the Neshama is alive. The Neshama is interactive. The Pinta, the Yid, the highest levels of the Nisham is very connected to Hashem and cannot suffer separation. Here the Rabbi adds there's something even deeper than that. It's talking the very essence of the soul, but the very essence of the soul means the body. The body is not alive by itself. The body doesn't feel connections. But the body is also a piece of HaKadosh Baruch And the body's sense of connection to HaKadosh Baruch shows itself not that I, I want to be connected. Not that I don't want to be separated, but separation isn't good. I don't even know from what. This is how I'm starting today's shiur. So I told you the novel idea, a chiddush, a grace and nice, a very, very big thing. Now that I told this to you, let me go to the minor. If you were here yesterday, you know that we're learning a concept of tshuva, and the structure of this minor is that there's three levels of tshuva. There's a level of tshuva which applies now. The level of tshuva applies now has to do with tzaddik, beininim, and balitshuv. You serve Hashem in a limited way, and you become separate from Hashem in a limited way, because you did some kind of an aveda, or some, some kind of a feller, some kind of a not good thing. And you do tshuva in a finite way also, what the Rebbe called in the Maimon You bend yourself until the part of you that yesterday did an aveda says, I won't do the aveda anymore. Then you have a zayah. That the Zayah says there's Tshuva by Tzadikim as well. But the Zayah adds Tshuva by Tzadikim as well is Mashiach. Mashiach also, Mashiach will come, La Sova Tzadikaya to make Tzadikim do Tshuva. That's what it says. Says the Rebbe. How could you make a Tzadik do Tshuva? A Tzadik is close. And even though we know a Tzadik, no matter how close he is, wants to be closer. But that's a Tnua of I'm close and I want to be closer. That's not Tshuva. Tshuva is, I'm far and I want to be close. How can you take someone who's so close to HaKadosh Baruch that he's called Be'emes, Meshei Mateh, Tzadik, how can you be closer to the Ebshit? So of course the Rebbe right away answered, that's why it takes Mashiach. Only Mashiach can find in a Tzadik a deficiency with being close to the Ebshit. But there's two levels in this. The lower level, this is a regular Tzadik. What's a regular Tzadik? The example, the model, the prototype of regular tzaddik is the story of Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai was a Nasi b'Yisrael. He shepherded the Jewish nation through the Holocaust of the second Mesemitic destruction. And it was a Mamisha Holocaust. The Rebbe said there were more Jews killed then than in, in Nazi Germany. That's what the Rebbe told somebody. And he was the Rebbe, the Nasi, through that terrible, terrible tragedy. Rabbi Yechanan. 
And on his deathbed, Rabbi Yechon ben Zaki says, I do not know on which path I'm going to be led. Am I going to Ganeid not to Gehenna? So Hasidus said, how could Rabbi Yechon ben Zaki say such a thing? So Hasidus answers, there's a number of answers, but the answer that Armaime brings, this is from the Alter Rebbe's answer, that he says, maybe my Eimekra is not Pesedah. I know I'm a Tzadik, I know I'm an Asli soul. I know all the good things I have, maybe on my deepest levels, my essence is in Eimekra Klippus. It's possible for a person to be a Tzadik on the outside levels of the Neshama, and the Pintalayit should be an Eimekra Klippus. Then Hagah, parenthetically, this story happened more than once. Reb Nisan was accused of not being Makusha to the Rebbe. It's famous. He was accused of not being sufficient to the Rebbe. So he wrote the Rebbe a letter in Tashim Tezbabata in 55-56. And he wrote that he hears that people say that he's not sufficiently Makusha. So he says, I did a his bonanus, benilabainatsmi. I contemplated this, I thought about it. And I don't find a deficiency in my discussions. I don't find anything wrong with my connection to the Rebbe. I feel like I'm connected to the Rebbe and dedicated to the Rebbe. But if people are saying it and it's reaching me and it's Bashgocha Pratis, so then I must have a problem with my And since I don't find the problem with the Eskashas, must be on the deepest levels of the Neshama that I'm not aware of. And he writes to the Rebbe that the Rebbe should give him a tikkun. The Rebbe should correct the Chesorin and his Eskashas that he's not aware of because he's in his subconscious. How do we know the story? Because the Rebbe had this letter in his drawer. And I know two people. The Rebbe opened up the drawer, pulled out the letter, or either showed it to them, or read it to them. Saivish Vogels of the Zunzai. And I think also Kazanovsky. And the Rebbe showed him the letter. And said, Dos is a chosit. The Rebbe, the Rebbe kept Rebbe Nissen's letter. In which Rebbe Nissen says, Fix a problem I don't know I have. And the Rebbe had it in his drawer. And he opened up the drawer, and he showed it to Saivish Vogels. He says, This is a chosit. An unbelievable story. But that's the second level of tshuva. Mashiach comes, and it comes to a tzaddik, and says, I want you to know your depth is dark. Your depth is in klipa. You're talking about tzaddik at all the higher levels. The yechidosh of a nefesh is an emekra. Do tshuva. Now why is it going to take Mashiach to reveal? Because only Mashiach reveals what we call the essence, the yetzib as represented in the previous Maimed by this concept of reyach, of smell, and Mashiach, by real the essence, is going to come to a tzaddik and show him that an emek nefesh is going to make him do true. This second level parallels the first idea that I just showed you, that the neshama Bayid is consciously connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and cannot be separated. Ah, he does a vedas, Rebbe says in Tanya chapter 13, I'm still a good Jew, 14, I'm still a good Jew. But the moment the Jew can no longer say, I'm still a good Jew, the conscious connection doesn't let him cross that line. And a frayayid does tshuva, is mesanef. But there's a third level. But I'm not going to tell you the third level now. Let's learn the second level. So we're on page ayin. By the number five in your text. This is where we're holding. It says there's, When we talk about the second and third levels of tshuva, that the second and third levels of tshuva have to do with tzaddikim. And therefore, only Mashiach is going to be able to reveal it. The second level of Mashiach reveals etzim, and he shows a yid in his etzim, and this brings the yid to feel far from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to do tshuva. 
says the Rebbe v'ha'avoida this hapcha page ayin page ayin by the five he be'efin shenereitzli konis plal b'tainus aminus this is not bending my neshama this is transforming my evil into good I have evil on my emekara and I am revealing my neshama to transform it into good and he quotes the Alter Rebbe the Jew neither wishes thee nor is capable of becoming separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Rebbe says but understand that a Jew's ability to do tshuva on a level where where the evil is an etzem he reveals a koyach of yechidah that transforms that evil into good, this is not his own power. Even by a tzaddik. This comes from the Eibish. And the Rebbe says in Yiddish, this is the word the Rebbe. It's not his own toil. So when the Mashiach comes, and the revelation of Yechida, he's going to come to a tzaddik, a regular tzaddik, and show him that his Eibish and give him the power to use his yechida to transform, to change over that etzim into good with a koyach which is not his own by revealing the level of the neshama which can become cut off from HaKadosh Baruch Now we have to go back. Okay, I want you to go back to page Samaches. Okay? Page Samaches is going to explain this level of tshuva a little bit more. This second, this middle level of tshuva, top of page Samaches is going to be explained a little bit better. This first level of his hapcha. Where? Mashiach comes along and he reveals it and he exposes that by a tzaddik it's shaykhat and etzam and nefesh emek ra. And he has to do tshuva for it. Says the Rebbe, this tshuva is mitzadri begiliyev. It's from a great light. It's taka'ed and ayla begiyev. a very high light. But because the light is so high, the evil is transformed to good. And let me say what this light is. This light is light of Yechidah Shebe Nefesh. But it's Nishome, not Guf. Says the Rebbe, What's advantageous about Mashiach showing a tzaddik and the Yid revealing the Pintali Yid with the Koychas that he got from the Rebbe as I showed you a minute before to transform it into good. The evil is transformed into good. It's not diluted by good, it's transformed into good. Moreover, since the evil is transformed and not diluted from bad to good, so the good is not weakened. Yesterday we learned about mixing sweet waters with bitter waters until the waters taste bitter, sweet, but the bitterness also weakened the sweetness of the sweet water. Here the evil itself is being transformed. Says the Rebbe four lines at the end of the paragraph. When you use a light which is transcendent, and in this case, the light from Yechida, to be mitzad the evil by itself, doesn't recognize it. If you have etzim in your essence, evil, and the Neshama is going to shine and transform that evil into good, the evil is not going to process it. The evil doesn't get a chance to be educated by it. The evil is changed by it. There's a great light which affects this transformation. Is that doesn't get a chance to agree to be bottled to the table. When you shine an incredibly powerful light, and in this case, it's a light of Yechina, which transforms evil 
into good, the evil is not processing the transformation, it's being transformed. The light dilutes it, pushes it away. It's good and bad. Everything has a mile and a sudden. The good is the transformation is total. The good is that it doesn't at all weaken the, the good. And the bad is that it doesn't have a process of digesting it, so to speak. And in the next paragraph, he gives an example. For example, a court of law. In a court of law, you have a katege. Katege means a prosecutor. And sanege means a defense attorney, an advocate. Says the Rebbe, to quiet, to shut down, to push away the prosecutor, the critic. is fun. It can happen in two ways. Aleph, the first way is, there's a good lawyer, a good advocate, a good defense lawyer. That he argues in favor of the accused. And he argues and he argues and he argues and he argues, and he argues until he wins. So if you have two lawyers fighting a case, one represents the DA, the district attorney who's prosecuting a criminal, and the other is the defense attorney defending the accused, and he has good arguments and he wins. So when the prosecutor is defeated by the advocate, by the defense attorney, so the person is redeemed, the person is freed, but there is a struggle, correct? The, 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 the prosecutor argues, and the defense attorney argues back. They argue, 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 until they, one is overcome by the other. Now go to eight lines on the end of the paragraph. Ah, however. Yes, But there's a different way that destroys the prosecution. And this is what you would call in America a presidential pardon. What is the logic of a presidential pardon? What is the logic of a presidential pardon? And the answer is, This is a concept in Torah. It's existed in every civilization throughout history, and it even exists in America. There is such a thing called a king. And the king represents the whole country. The king is a microcosm of the whole civilization, the whole nation, the whole country, all the states. And the king walks into the courtroom, he's off scot-free, there's no trial. The face of the king, you see a person is accused, and he's on his way to the gallows. And he happens to meet the melech, he's automatically redeemed. Because a king represents the whole nation, and represents kindness. So when you meet Pnei Melachayim, the face of the living God, so all things are better off. The president has a power of pardoning. I'm not sure how people explain it in legal terms. But it's not a new idea, it's an ancient idea. The logic is the president is one human being that in him is encompassed every human being in America. And it's the best of America. So he was given an authority for benevolence, for goodness that has no conditions, and no criteria, and no rules, and no stipulations, and no addendums, and no appendices. Free. Finished. Why? Because it represents goodness on the deepest levels. So you have a lawyer coming in to try a case and to prosecute the person. So if he has to fight with another lawyer, even if he loses. But it was a fair fight. It was an escafia. One defeated the other. But the king walks into the court of law. The prosecuting attorney doesn't say, I lost. I don't exist. He didn't lose. He didn't get to try his case. Why? The king walked in. That's such a sabach. This is the second madreng. Mashiach is going to come. And he's going to show tzaddikim that they have to do tshuva. How is he going to show tzaddikim that they have to do tshuva? He's going to reveal the oimekrash of etzam anefesh, the essence of evil, the deepest levels of the neshama. And then Mashiach is going to give this tzaddik 
a koyach to do tshuva by revealing to this tzaddik his yechidah shabbenefesh, which will not struggle with the evil in etzah manefesh, it will spontaneously transform it into good, and the evil is not even going to be processed, it's going to be transformed. Are we clear? Yeah? This is the second madreg. Again, our maimir goes through three tshuvas, a tshuva that applies now, a tshuva that applies after Mashiach comes, and this is the second one. But then we get to the third madreg of tshuva, and the third madreg of tshuva is really mind-blowing, and what's mind-blowing about it is that the Rebbe said in the last maim in the end, and he repeated yesterday also in the shi'a that we gave, that this highest madreg of tshuva even applies to Meisha Rabbeinu. And I added to the Alter Rebbe, Meisha Rabbeinu needs to do tshuva. I'm asking you, how can you say Meisha Rabbeinu tshuva? Meisha Rabbeinu is a piece of godliness. And when it comes to Meisha Rabbeinu, you can't even say what we said about the Yechen and Benzak. He said that there's Maybe I'm a big tzaddik on the outside. And the level of my essence, there's Ra. When you're talking about Meisha Rabbeinu, Meisha Rabbeinu is a piece of godliness. And there is no question that Meisha Rabbeinu's essence is one with the essence of the Eivishter. So what's Mashiach going to show Meisha to make Meisha the Tshuva? And again, let's explain the question. Tshuva has to come from Ra. Tshuva doesn't come, I want to be closer. Tshuva means I got to get away from what's not good. What not good could there possibly be in Meisha Rabbeinu that requires Meisha Rabbeinu to run away from evil as if he's about Shuvah? What could that possibly be? So the Rebbe told us what? The Rebbe told us what? And this is so fascinating if you think about it. I, I think it's mind-boggling. What the Rebbe told us what is that Meisha Rabbeinu, the Rebbe Rashab wrote in the last year of his Nesiyas. Which means, forgive me for saying it, this is really negated to the next door, to the Friedrich Rebbe's generation, our generation. That Moshe Rabbeinu saw the generations before Mashiach. And he saw their Messiah's Nefesh. And he saw the fact that to be a Frumiyid and a Hasidish Yid, you're going to live in a world which is going to make fun of you. And there needs to be an Al Yevish Mepnei Maligim not to be offset by scoffers, by mockers, by divas lach. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, this Nisoyin I wouldn't pass either. Moshe was humbled when he saw Jews of our generation, such small neshamas, such small minds, such small hearts, and such incredible tests. And on top of all these tests, there is a snide you're not even worth arguing with. Who are you? You believe in God. You believe in, in the Bible. You believe in biblical creation. You believe in the mitzvahs. And not to be nespoiled on that, humbled Moshe Rabbein. That Moshe Rabbeinu could not relate to this Avoidah. Moshe Rabbeinu could not imagine himself having that kind of strength. And he was humbled by it and it brought him to Tshuva. So he said, but Moshe Rabbeinu is a piece of Gatlachat. How could you say about Moshe Rabbeinu that he's humbled against anybody? Moshe Rabbeinu, if you're a piece of Godliness, whatever the Ebishter puts in front of you, you do. Says the Rebbe, Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't have any evil. He doesn't have an evil on the outside like the conventional about Tshuva. He doesn't have any evil on the inside like the tzaddik was being brought to Tshuva. But Moshe Rabbeinu also has a goof. And the goof, even of Moshe Rabbeinu, is a hell of a hester. And that's the third Tshuva. The Tshuva is not, because there's something evil in my neshama, the Tshuva is, my goof is my almasanote. Or to use the language of yesterday's class, which was really the introduction to the whole moment. 
that there is a concept of darkness because you're covering over light. That's the madrega of Yechidah. That's the madrega of a Jew not wanting to become separate from HaKadosh Baruch. And then there's the madrega where darkness is a creation of Neyatmi. The Eibish, the made black. Darkness by itself. Darkness by itself. As the creation of the Eibish is not a covering over light. It's darkness mamish. Darkness mamish is represented by Guf, by Yesh. And even Meish Rabbeinu has this. There's a Sipur, there's a God, there's a story. Which is in the back of the Tillim. It is a whole long Arichas to the Sipur. But the Nekudah is that the Mizritcha and Magid doubted the Baal Shem Tev. Baal Shem Tev was treating simple people with such deference and such love and such attentiveness and such gentleness and such tenderness that the Magid said we were sitting by the table thinking to ourselves why is the Nebel wasting his time with these people? Anyway, later on the Baal Shem Tev showed him who these people were and how simple they were but how sincere they were and how unbelievably attached to HaKadosh Baruch they were. So the Mazitra Magid writes, I had a bush of Pnimis. I was so deeply ashamed for these Anashapimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
She'ein lanu bazeh, we can't understand le'avon of asoga, which means not bina. V'leihar kashakarav agasha, not das. Le'ibipnimiyas, not in an internal way, but le'ibidarach machir, in an indirect way. Ela, the only way this his habcha can take place, because it's a gili of the eibish to himself. Shemitzat advekos on the neshama, the cleaving of the neshama. But atzmos and husein seiv baruch, which is one with the eibish to mamish. And as I told you earlier, it really doesn't mean the neshama. It means how the guf is also one with the eibish to mamish, and the neshama on the highest level apparently feels it. Nothing is prevented from a Jew having the nestem legama. You just give in this gilu yahelam ha'atzmi the atzmos of the eibish to himself. And the Rebbe says, and I'm not going to repeat this because time is not our friend. This that I have. It's not, I don't want to become separate from the Eivish. I'm separate, I don't know from what. Yechida is, I can't become separate from the Eivish. This madregi is, I don't know what I'm separate from. I just feel separate. And the separateness destroys me. And it creates me a want. That feeling, I'm so far from Hashem, I don't even know about Hashem. I don't even know that I'm far from Hashem. I just feel far is even deeper than the Yechidah. has to do with Choshech itself. And that has to do with the Guf. And that idea brings even a Yid in the Madrega of Meishar Abeinu to Tshuva. Okay? So now go back again to page Samaches. You see what I did? I, I, I organized the Maimed differently than it was written. Bottom of the page, number eight. There's even a higher level of Sabcha. Which has both advantages. advantages. Evil is transformed into good. But, not you overwhelm the evil with a light and you obliterate it. But rather, the darkness itself, the body itself is transformed. And not only because there's a revelation from outside. The evil itself screams out. Reaches and recognizes that he's evil. It bothers him. My mother myself in this condition. He goes out of his Hebrew. Transformed his good. The Indian Zehu, this is either Gili or Helam Ha'atzmi, revelation of the Abish to himself. It's not a revelation of light. Not even a revelation of light of Eir Pnei Melachim, of meeting the face of the king, because that's still Eir. Ella, last line, begins Helam Ha'atzmi, the Atmos They were seeing the face of the king, and then they don't even see him, but he's the king. And this third level, Mashiach also, even a Tadak like Mesha Rabbeinu. Because the Etzabian that he has a goof. Now on page Samach Tess, he explains it. How does he explain it? He goes to the story of the bitter waters, right? Ever the story of bitter waters, yeah? How do you make bitter waters sweet? Simple. You put sweet waters in, in such quantities that the bitter becomes sweet. We looked at yesterday. But then it's not really becoming sweet, it's becoming diluted, and the sweet becomes a little bit more bitter and so on. How do you make bitter water sweet? It's on a stick. How do I know? It says in Chumish. They had bitter waters, mora, and the Abish of Mesha went to throw in a stick. But there's two opinions what the stick was made of. The Zoya says three lines from the top of the page. That the stick was Tera, which means a very high light. This high light is the second madreg of Chuva, the Erpnei Melachayim idea, which I showed you before. 
Das Hamedrish, fourth line from the top, This stick was a poison stick. Sam, how do you make bitter water sweet by an even greater bitterness? These two opinions, whether you sweeten the water with a stick of tater, which is obviously sweet, but yet, or you sweeten the tater with a stick which is even more bitter, is the two levels of his I'm not going to read this paragraph with you, you can read it on your own. But the first madrega of transforming bitter sweetness by the light of the tater would be the middle madrega of tshuva, where you reveal Yechidah Shabbat Nefesh, and you're being mevatal the Torah, and the second madrega is that you're transforming the bitter sweetness using bitterness, where even though you're transforming it completely, but the bitterness feels the transformation. The bitterness is being changed by it. Okay? Go back to page Ayanal. And the Rebbe says on top of the page, Ubazeh. And now, Yuvon Inyin, we can understand the concept of Mashiach also, La Sovet Yufta. What it means that Mashiach, if the Kedah makes a Dikim Dutchu. Says the Rebbe, Dinyachidijim, Esa Mashiach, what happens when Mashiach comes is Shayesh Atme Yisapachatev. Yesh Atme Yisapachatev means the evil itself becomes good. But not evil because it's covering over light. Evil, darkness itself, the higher love, is transformed. And it happens by itself. And the Rebbe says, Oh, Miles, you Mashiach, When Kriyas Yamsev happened, Hashem shone a light of Yechida, transformed darkness into light. And it says even in the Pasuk, the cloud was shining also. In other words, darkness again in itself shone. But it was through the darkness light showed. And when Mashiach comes, it won't stamazay be a revelation of darkness through light. It will be a revelation of the godliness of darkness itself. So Amman Yasid Love is seven lines from the top of the page. Ksiv. The night will shine like the day. The night is dark. It will shine like the day by itself. Not because of a light that's going to transform darkness into light, but the darkness will transform itself. How does darkness itself become transformed by itself into light? Because the Abish himself is revealed. And the Rebbe says, That's what's special about the times of Mashiach. As opposed to Kriyas Yamsu. There was a revelation of, Le- of Elokus and a very high level of Elokus, but only Ayin of the Yeshamiti and not the Yeshamiti itself. And according to this, we understand that not only can a Benyanim about Tshuva do Tshuva, which is nowadays, not only can a regular Tzaddik do Tshuva, which Mashiach has to reveal by revealing a Mikrash, that's a Manefesh, and giving the power of Yechidesh and Shama to transform it. But even a Tzaddik like Meshadabe, who has no evil whatsoever, but he has a goof. The higher level of the transformation from darkness to light brings him to truth as well. Even a tzaddik serving Hashem with infinite love and a level of the light is bechinas yesh. The goof is yesh. This is not the neshama. This is yesh. Yesh misha'eh. And therefore, second line from the bottom of the paragraph, achidish the Mashiach. What's novel about Mashiach is Yifal Shagam Tzadikim. The even tzadikim. We don't mean stam tzadikim. We mean tzadikim and the madrega of Meshadabein. That even tzaddikim in the madreig of Meishar Abenu Yaveil in Yenat Tshuva should come to Tshuva. Shat tzaddik yagesh es Yeshusim. 
The tzaddik they feel the yesh is not in his neshama, in the goof. And that's the third madrig of tshuva. So we learned the sugi, yeah? Mashiach also, now only Bali tshuva can do tshuva. Lots of love tzaddikim can do tshuva. And there's two madrigas in it. And the higher madrigas, the Abish to reveal himself, mamish, and the darkness itself has transformed into light. Today is Tuesday, so Thursday we finish. Okay? Thursday we'll finish.